Welcome to the Pub Meeple Podcast with your hosts, Gary, Shuck, Just Brian, and special guest, Ned. On today's podcast, episode 21, we talk about games we would play anytime, anywhere. So grab a brew, join the pub, and let's talk board games. Man, I feel like we just had a great conversation about our anytime, anywhere games. We got a lot of good content for you today. We're missing proper Brian, but in his place, we have one of our friends, Ned Davis. Ned's one of the founders of Under the Radar Brewery out of Houston, Texas. He also has impeccable taste in Euro games. Uh, Ned, tell us just a little bit about yourself. Well, hey guys, thanks for having me on tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, We've played a lot of good games together with all of us different ones here. And we've been talking about doing this for quite a while that, you know, we have a brewery in Texas and I said, hey, let, let's bring some, let Under it the Radar com- bring some beers It kind of combines yeah. the pub yeah. meeple ideals yeah. of brews we and love games beer. at the we same love time. It's like, yeah. it's like our favorite thing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so I was planning on bringing out a bunch of our beers tonight. And then I realized that uh, we had technical difficulties, as sometimes will happen. So I brought some non-under the radar beers tonight that uh which was equally as fantastic <laughs> i think what i think happened was he was looking for an excuse to come back on to sponsor us a second time so, with under the radar. <laughs> <laughs> so ned we're gonna have to have you on another time that's right maybe well, we can have all five we can have five of us call darn <laughs> yeah. that has to happen well, shucks call darn it oh, we could we can do that again <laughs> well let's go ahead and, and jump into the episode and uh ned thank you for being with us guys let's go ahead and get into the conversation As is tradition, let's go ahead and jump into some brew talk. Ned, being our guest, how about how about you start us off? What are you drinking here tonight? So I brought over some uh, different beers. I brought a Dallas Blonde because I'm going to have several beers tonight, and you got to start on the light side. That's oh, where you, you go. You kind of right. step through the step through the ages, as it this were. This isn't your first rodeo. <laughs> I do enjoy the beers, so there's an order of operations here. And this is the this is the Deep Ellum Dallas Blonde. So you're trying right? one of those. You uh, yourself and Shuck are trying one of these as well too. Just Brian, what, what yeah, do you think of it, it, man? No, yeah, and I've had this one before. I've, oh, you, you I've, I'm a fan of, yeah, I'm a fan of Deep Ellum's brews, and, and I do like the Dallas Blonde. I don't usually like the the blonde beers, though. Um, I've never really been a fan of like New Belgium's Blonde, for yeah. example. But I do like the the Deep Ellum's. They did, they've done it well. Well, this is the first for me. I enjoy this one. It's pretty good. It's nice and smooth. It's good, good blonde. You, you chose this one. You're saying because it's the closest to what you guys have under under the radar. Yeah. So uh, originally, when we talked about coming on the podcast here, I said, "Hey guys, let me let me bring over some beer and let Under the Radar sponsor this podcast." And as I was going to grab the beers and pull them over here, I uh, realized I had a gas leak in our sampling device, and so there was no beer to be had whatsoever. And instead of trying oh, to improvise, man. it was brutal. And I was like, you know, I could try and improvise some CO2 device here. And I'm like, that gets me into some... <laughs> MacGyver the thing right. together. <laughs> that gets a little more dangerous than I'm willing to do right now. So let's uh, let's go get some beers uh, locally we can get. And I've always liked Deep Elm. They're, uh, we like them from the brewing community, too. They've done some great things for, for breweries. Um, they're one of the bigger guys, but they really look out for the smaller ones. So oh, that's cool. So it's always cool supporting huh. them when we can, you know. So I, I like that perspective uh, yeah. th- that you have. Well, well, speaking of which, Gary, uh, me and Shuck took took notes from the master here and, and un- understood that we needed to start kind of light and move towards the heaviers. You decided, <laughs> you know, screw that. I'm just going to go right into the, what'd you get? Yeah, I, I got a New Belgium triple. So, I mean, I'm not like, on the grand scheme <laughs> of things, like I didn't jump in. It's like I jumped in with a quad, but I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I did. It's like pretty close. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I started game night with a with a medium to heavy euro. Okay, but, no, I, I didn't start in with uh with my social deduction fifteen minute warm up game. So. Technically, it's not Twilight Imperium yeah. four, but it's uh, it might be I Eclipse. Mean, yeah. So I I love this beer. I mean, we we've we've talked we've about talked about we've it before. Had I, I don't really need to tell you guys and how much I love New Belgium. I think uh, uh, I think that's another reason why Ned brought it's because he knew it was one of our favorites and. Yeah, so well, I mean, we you, appreciate you can that. never go it's wrong. Awesome. You can never go wrong with a triple. So uh, there's a there's another triple in there too. The um, the Devil's Backbone as a little compare and contrast to this one. And that I, one is by Real Real Ale. Real Ale. Real yeah. Ale. yeah. We'll, we'll we'll compare later in the. Later <laughs> the I'll, I'll give you a comparison here in a few minutes. Right. <laughs> well, Ned, since this is your first time being on the podcast with us, uh, we'll ask you just a few questions just so the listeners can kind of get an idea of of who you are, what kind of games you like. 
So I, let's start off with kind of your favorite games. What are, you, what are your favorite game mechanics? What would oh, you list? sure. I'll play most anything with, with the right number of people, yeah. but I'm a sucker for Euro games, economic builders, any, like an engine building game. I love the concept of you start with nothing or just very, very little. And then by the end, you feel you're running this massive empire and like any good one like that, you're like, just one more turn, one more turn. Yeah. And then like, then it crashes to the end, you do, know? Do you have one in mind that, that you, uh, in that particular um, kind of family that you are thinking about right now? Yeah. So, you know, I'll play Viticulture pretty much. I, that's kind of one of my intro games that I'll, I'll pull people in because it's got such a great theme. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got really cool components, but it's not crazy heavy if you don't throw all the expansion stuff yeah. in there. And, and it's great because in that one, you tell people, oh, you start off as a mom and pop winery and you do all this and you want to do all these things. And everyone gets super excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to build all this cool stuff. And you're like, and you're going to do about a quarter of that before the game is over. Right? <laughs> yeah. You're not going to do all of it. Yeah, right. And like, if you try and do everything, it's going to be terrible. And that's what I love about that. It's like, you can't go into that game saying, oh, I'm going to just going to plant a whole bunch of grapes this time. You're like, maybe, but maybe that just doesn't work out and you got to shift and adjust and try something different. And that's what I really love about a good strategy game is where you can't just be, all right, today I'm going to do this. You're like, nah, I've got to read the board, read the people, and luck's not going my way. So, all right, let me let me shift and adjust and make some changes. Well, as as we're talking about uh, we're talking about some some games that we we enjoy. I think we're gonna try. Yeah, we're gonna try this this. Uh, what, what did we call this last it's episode? Name the game. Name the game. So we're gonna try the game name the game again. Last time it fell a little. Fell a little flat because what are you talking about? I got five points. Just Brian like, uh, guessed the game right, right, out, right out of the gate. I logged that on my so he's, my BG he's stats. assured us that he's made <laughs> he's walked on BG stats. <laughs> but you've you've assured us that you've made this a little tougher. So well, and, I, I hope so for tonight's game. Ned's going to be filling in for yeah, proper Brian. I said that, yeah. So proper Brian, you'll be getting points or losing points based on Ned's performance. I've slipped him a five earlier no pressure before at all. the game. So yeah, to make this interesting and to do something a little different. I was trying to be super clever, and I made all my clues into riddles. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. But I realized you did your after, after I did that, these are heavily influenced by Dr. Seuss, apparently, because they all sound like limericks. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have so, younger children. So, so yeah, yeah, I do have younger children. Seuss. That's my excuse. So, if all these start getting redundant in, in their cadence, that's why. So, uh, the clue number one, and we can go around the table this okay, way. Okay, so we're going yeah, we'll to go up. me, Shuck, and then Ned right. giving guesses. So, right. here's, here's clue number one. Follow the leader. Each round is conceived, but it's not always good to follow my lead. Okay, so this is a little harder than last. Week. All right, <laughs> Just so let's, let's, let me let me say last this week again. was what I'm a euro. <laughs> follow the leader. Each round is conceived, but it's not always good to follow my lead. Discuss. Mm, I'm just gonna go out on a on a limb and just say. Seven Wonders. Oh, my God. No, I'm just kidding. You didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Seven Wonders. Follow my lead. I'm trying to think of a game where you have to follow somebody. Simon says. I, I mean, there's that. lots of them. The, we're doing board games. Yeah. <laughs> follow true. the lead, but, but not you. So if you picked a non-board game, now you're really cheating. No, no. Yeah. It's, it's a board game. <laughs> my, my first thought was like a worker placement, but that's not really follow the leader. It's, oh, man, I have no idea. Yeah, I, there was no rhyme or reason to my guess. I yeah, was mine was Seven like, Wonders guess as well. I'm yeah. like, oh, that's not going to be You want to go to round two? I passed. That gets I me a point no if we idea. go on to round yeah, two. Yeah, I passed. Yeah, you made this one tricky. All right, all right. Well, hopefully, as the clues come on, that clue will also inform you, right? That's the idea. So I can repeat the old ones. Number two, this game consists of paper and rocks, but the scissors are missing. Instead, there are locks. Okay, this is really tough. Like the, the. Uh, Would you like me to repeat this? that? Repeat yeah, that, that one more excellent. time. This game consists of paper and rocks. Think of like rock, rock, paper, scissors, right? This game consists of paper and rocks, but the scissors are missing. Instead, there are locks. Panamax. Yes. Not Panamax. Mm. Oh wait, 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 wait! I don't remember if there was a paper and rocks, but I, what was the what was the game? Um, where you have the water locks, where you got to go up. Is it Nippon? That's Panamax. That pa- oh, that's about. the one he just said. Okay, never mind. Well, then I have no idea. That gate, I didn't know where you were getting Panamax from until yeah. you said that, obviously. Uh, yeah. I was impressed with that. I would think container. It's not container. I'm terrible with Giving him points, guys. I know, I know. Two points I know. for me. No, no. This All right, is not it's gonna get, these get easier and easier, though. 
Tricks alone don't win you the stones, but the suit you wear can earn them. Diamonds? You got it. It's that diamonds. Was, that I'm, was going to be my next guess. I've it's never diamonds. played diamonds. As but as you you said, but I, okay. Yeah, but I know it's a trick taking and suits yeah. and stones mm -hmm. with diamonds. Wait, wait oh, where do right. you get paper and yeah. rocks? Cards and stones. Oh, oh, rock. Like, oh, hey, hey these were That was a good clue. Those are good. That was. Yeah, the thing so, is, is I couldn't get to the end without you guys guessing or I lose my points. Yeah. Yes. Right? It's kind of that Dixit yeah. rules. And so I had to, like, start getting easier and easier. Okay. Uh, that third round, I was like, okay, yep, it's, it's a trick kicking game, a card game. Like, all right, that was good. Yeah. So, so, well so I, I can mark this down. How many points did I get? Uh, I believe you got three and I got two. All right. Uh, so he's still winning with seven. Uh, I'll give you my last clues in case you guys want to play at home. Obviously, these get easier and easier. A vault you don't jump for gems that you take. Keep safe all your points like Stronghold's namesake because it was produced by Stronghold. That See? one would have been See, or that's oh. like, yeah, if you know the publisher. The last one was the most obvious. It's diamond, I, you fools. I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> the last one, I didn't want to lose the game. So I'm like, I'm still working on replacing all the diamonds to trick out the game. Anyway, so there you go. There you go. Nice. Very yeah. impressive. That Thanks. was that was some work on that. <coughs> that was yeah. You did your uh, you did your homework yeah. there. That it was, was hard to write those down in the shower because the paper kept getting wet. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's before we get into our main topic, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about some games we've been playing. I know you guys played some with Ned, and, but we'll we'll start off with yourself. Just Brian. Ned uh, introduced Shuck and I to Flow of History, and I that was oh, a, that so was a, good. Yeah, that uh, was a real treat. Excellent. That night. Yeah, that was a real treat. And it's so Flow of History is well, you guys might have to help me out with this bit because there is a bit of an engine build to it. It's a Civ game. It is a, a Civ very game. light Civ game. Civ game yeah. in in theme yeah. and in super like for a history guy like me, it was really fun to see kind of history fold out throughout our game. That was the coolest part. Um, it, it was very thematic whenever the socialism card came out. It, it, <laughs> That's it, one of the best cards in that. You it's, know, it, it, it acted just, it was perfect to just like socialism works and everybody was like pissed off about it. Especially uh, me. But yeah, yeah, you got you got the, yeah, the you got, I completely one. played that incorrectly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were the richest person, and that's where that's where it didn't work out so well. I know y'all didn't agree, but it still reminded me a lot of Seven Wonders Duel in a way. Like okay. some of the some of the interactions with the way Well, yeah, and the way you buy cards, the way you buy cards and the way they kind of build into each other. I will say though, it's not it's unlike those games in a in a fundamental way, and it's how the bidding system works. And so if you like bidding games, for example, like Olive Sky, or you like bidding games like The Estates, yeah. this is a another type of bidding that I've not really experienced before where when you throw the, the bid down for the card you want and it comes back around to you, you have the option at that point to take it or, or leave she, yeah, it. Yeah, or you can leave it yeah. there. You yeah. leave it and it stays forever. I mean, it stays until you pick it up. You don't get that back. But if somebody wants that card... Before it gets back around to you, they just pay what you they, paid, they, but see, you get a benefit. You get your right. money back plus some. See, I, I like that as opposed to just a normal bid system where you try to outbid people and it just can. It, it like I, I think that saves time in the game as opposed to dragging it out and trying to do a I regular agree. bid. Yeah. I agree. It added a, an extra little twist to it as we had kind of a a, a a pool of money that was kind of growing and shrinking throughout the game, and you get right. half of that. Yeah, and well, so at some points. It, it really doesn't benefit you if somebody kind of snipes your card. At other points, you're kind of hoping people will yeah, snipe that yeah. card because you know you're going to get a lot like, of money ooh. back. The thing I like about this game is, I mean, it's just a deck of cards and some coins that has got this much depth to it for so simple. And when you first look at it, you're like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to like this because you see every card every game. And you're like, oh, there's not going to be that much replayability. Well, I've played this thing six, seven, eight times, and every game has been way different so the the game we played before that which actually kind of why we we met up that night was to introduce ned to dais yeah um, your number one game uh yes it is my number one game so i'm down to play that game all the time anytime whenever and whenever shuck mentioned <laughs> dais i heard like this choir of angels in the background going Whoa. yeah probably he's I, under he's, he's like yeah. he's kind of understating what actually happened there so <laughs> uh no it's uh it's probably one of the first times i've come in dead last but it was still a great game. You dead last. last I came in dead last. Dead last. I just wanted to be there points. watching me. <laughs> well, so what I did was I went back and I studied all the old games I played against him. Just watched all the highlights. I actually hired a coach to teach me how to defeat <laughs> Shuck and Davis. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing that in. What did you think of it as, I really, as, your, as your first game? I really got a kick out of it. It was, it was a lot of fun. It, 
the look of the game was like, uh, I was not. Isn't that the biggest barrier to two days is, it, is the aesthetics. It was, you looked at it, you're like, this is a weird raindroppy thing. I'm like, what, what's going on with this? But I'd heard such good things about it. I'm like, Civ building, engine building. I'm like, yeah, yes, yes, yes. All right, I'll get over that. And it was really good. Now, I mean, Brian did was what the second turn that you either punched me in the nose or you yeah, or you stood on a cliff and you just sit outside, pounded your gorilla chest and like peed on a tree and you kind said, this of, is mine. Kind of sorry, but not kind of sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, Come play my game with me, man. Right. I'm like, like, oh, this is fun. You're like, oh, that was, I was like, crap. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I, I posted this shot, shot today. I posted a week late uh, to our, our Facebook page. I noticed page. that. I posted it to and, Instagram earlier. Uh, our good buddy yeah. talks posted that it, I thought he I thought he said it very eloquently that this is this is one of the hidden gems in our hobby it's one of those things that get overlooked a lot maybe because of the aesthetics maybe because it's not you know it didn't have the popularity when it first came out but it doesn't have big giant minis it's not a yeah it's not a sexy game no not at it all it does not have table presence but it's got but it is it's that one that you feel good when yeah. you're done you know it's a very cool game it was really great I mean Shuck said he came in dead last I think I edged him by two points I mean Brian just <laughs> Basically tore off our arms, that's each a, of our arms. That's and the first beat us time with them. that's ever happened. Yeah. He really did come with the day game. He must have studied. Yeah, you, guys, yeah. you guys have to realize, like in the history of Deus, I usually don't do that well. Then towards the end, you're like, oh, well, I can end the game now and win, or no, I can wait a little longer. And that's still not win. what I said. That is not what I said. I was unsure if I could win. All I right. held off for a couple of turns. Then I started re- almost regretting it. Well, yeah, you did let us live too long. Well, I was really nervous because I'd never done that well. I was like, <laughs> this must be a dream. Like, this yeah, can't really be what it that well. looks so like. Shark's going to have some endgame bonus. Well, you've been in that situation, Gary and Davis, where you... Because usually that's what happens is one person gets control of when this game yeah. ends. It's usually the person who has kind of control of that last barbarian village. And then everybody else is like, oh, man we want this to end sooner. We got to start building temples. <laughs> this happens more times than not. And you've been in that position. So, you know, you can, you can understand like, yeah. when do I end this game? That's hard to know. <laughs> Last time I thought I need to end this game now. Yeah. I did not <laughs> need to end that game now. <laughs> I needed to wait. I, I should have done what you did. Waited like two extra turns and generated some more points. I was like, I think I'm ahead. And then I, go and I, was, like, I was not ahead. You know, <laughs> I, was, I was way behind. Oh man. So I, Man, uh, um, yeah, it's, what a good game. Yeah, Deus, this is, will be a favorite in the pub. Ned, is there one that you've played not with us? Because we've talked about the two we played with you uh, recently. Uh, yeah, I've been playing a lot of little ones here, there. and but I mean, we played Pipeline a little bit. Yeah. And that one's just burning in my brain. But really? that's not a casual, hey, let's just throw down on it. Yeah. You've got to like... Do you have be a whole Sunday afternoon? Jeff ran off to an early lead. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to get crushed in this game. Jeff and Gary are going to clobber me. And then Jeff stalled. And I still got clobbered yeah. by, by everybody. But I think you got as many points as we did together. Yeah. But that was just because my, my engine was just super efficient that time. So the next day, I played it the very next day with, with these guys. And I was trying to get my engine going. I was not able to just make that engine work. And so I didn't produce the highest quality oil to the last round. Whereas in our game the night before, I was producing it in the second year. I was just yeah. producing it all over the place. So, yeah, it's definitely one that I, I, I want to spend a lot more time with. But talk about subtle on that, though, because I was like, I didn't play well. And normally you go through a game, you're like, oh, okay, hey, next time I play this, I'm going to try this and tweak this, and I, I can definitely do that better. When I played that one, I'm like, I can do a lot better. I don't know what I did wrong. I know it, I did a lot yes, wrong. exactly. But, That's how right? I felt. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what I did. Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought I was doing things that I wanted to do yeah and then you get to the end and you're like oh that was terrible yeah and I was watching <laughs> Gary and I'm like I don't see Gary doing anything terribly brilliant or outstanding yeah. it, it was wasn't. like it but it was all subtle totally little not brilliant little yeah. things no, it was not. I'm ashamed but it was that was the part <laughs> about that game that I really like is just those little tiny you know it's like the little ripples upon ripples you mentioned viticulture as being kind of a one of your standards for games that you that you particularly like and that you would kind of go back to as as upper echelon. I felt like Pipeline in a lot of ways is either the next evolution to Viticulture, like almost in a way that it replaces it. Not replaces it in a way that it's it's too heavy for what 
what vit- where the slot that viticulture fills on your shelf. It's a lighter euro where this yeah. one is like the heavier version, almost to viticulture, where you're developing your engine, you're developing that cube, and literally there is an engine that you're developing in right, the pipes. Right. And, and you have a product that you start with nothing that you want to kind of refine to something, almost like the the grapes and the wines. But boy, I think this one's a good, you're right, it's kind of doing the same thing. You start off with, with little dinky stuff and then you increase it up. But boy, it's two or three levels beyond. Yeah, right. And, and so for, that, that was my point. Is that you, but do you yeah. think in your mind, like as a as a um, heavier gamer, does this kill viticulture for you? Or is this like you, you, you kind of hold them in the same? Oh, no. I mean, I'll, you know, I had, I had a, a buddy came over the other day and he saw my game wall. I think all of you guys have seen my wall of games. Yeah. And you guys all... Quite have, impressive. Well, it's, it's fun. And people are like, why do you have so many games? I'm like, I don't think I have that many games because, you know, I love bringing... A lot of times I'm bringing in new people to the, to the, to the hobby so pipeline and, would be like a no. Yeah, right. <laughs> I might not, but you know, I brought it. I brought in one of these other heavy games, like one of the heavier euros. I think it's. I don't know the BGG rating is well over three. I played. I bring new people in on that one, on some of these. But what I'll do is I've got these games because I'll ask you know, hey, you play Monopoly, right? Well, what do you like about Monopoly? And we all kind of tease and dig on Monopoly and all these different things. But there's parts of it that we like, right? There's parts of of Catan that we like. Parts of Ticket to Ride that we really like. And and we ask different people who come in, well, what is that little thing that you like? And I had a, a guy that day, he's like, oh, you guys play a lot of games and I don't like these. I hate Catan. It's too lucky for me. I don't, I don't like this. Well, I said, well, what do you like? He's like, I like poker. And I was like, really? So we started talking about Coup a little bit. And he's like, that sounds amazing. Like, yeah. I want to play that. And then I was talking about Ponzi scheme with him. He's like, this is, well, let, let's break it out right now. You know, and this is a guy who's like, you hobby gamers, I don't, I don't like this stuff. It's just all too weird, like wizards and wardrobes. You know, it, it, you know, I don't like this stuff. But then he's like, oh, this is cool. So the reason I've got my shelf of games and why I'm always going to keep Viticulture is, you know, I've got, I try and keep a variety of mechanisms for, I like negotiation. I like trading. I like, you know, social deduction. And then for us, I'll play any theme because I don't care. I like the mechanics and I will play, play pretty much any, anything. Theme is a nice little added bonus to it. But to new gamers, that theme is really a hook, you know? That's true. Exactly. You know, I don't think I could get a Sometimes lot of Sometimes we my... forget that as we get we yeah. go further into That's, it. That we're I've like... used Viticulture the same way you do. Right? Yeah. yeah. Where it's because yeah, you're like, well. you're building a winery. So I've had complete non-gamers. They're like, oh, building a winery. That's cool. I can handle that. I can do that. Yeah. Gary, we haven't then, heard from you. Uh, what have you been playing? Well, actually, I played a game I was very excited to get in. I got in Irish Cage, uh, mm. which is... Uh, it's Capstone Games' um, Iron Rail series. It's a uh, it's a former winsome game for those who are familiar with those games. It's a it's a cube rails game. So if you played Chicago Express, it's kind of in that vein. I've only played it the one time. Uh, I played it last night actually. So you know I, I wouldn't be able to at this point say whether it's going to replace Chicago Express for me or not. I really like Chicago Express, so that's going to be tough. But I really liked Irish Cage. Number one. It's a beautiful game. It's it's an uh, you know tool art, so you know, oh, I mean, you, you know yeah. I mean you would you would at least look at the game, right? Right. Some differences from Chicago Express that I really enjoyed. I do remember in our and when I played Chicago Express with the pub, I remember getting a little frustrated for Shuck on his behalf because those stocks when you try to buy a stock later in the game, the stock value is so high that if you have not made good investments early on, <laughs> you're essentially cut out, right? Well, in Irish Gage, one of the companies has like two stocks, one of them has three, one of them has four. I don't think any of them have five. I have to look back at it. But let's say there's four stocks. Each stock, the starting auction starts off with the lowest price, but each each auction starts at a set price. So even if the value of that railroad is a little higher currently, and I mean the potential value of that railroad is higher, that auction might still start off at 12 pounds, which gives everyone a chance to maybe kind of get in on it. Now, players with more money can still kind of buy you out or force you out, but you still have a chance to get in on that auction. Do you feel there's a bit of a catch-up me- uh, mechanism in there with that? Or uh, does it lead itself more towards that? I, just slightly, because the thing I like about this one is, whereas in, um, in Chicago Express, the dividends round happens after. You can kind of see when the dividend round, dividend round is about to come. In Irish Gage, any, any player can call... A, a dividends round at any time on their on any turn. But the cool thing about the game is there's there's a set number of cubes. There's like 
there's, uh, I want to say it's 15 each. I might be wrong, but let's just say it's around 15 each of dividends cubes. There's black, white, and pink. Well, you also use those dividends cubes to urbanize your cities. So your towns then become cities when you put a cube on them. But when you do that, you're taking that color out of circulation. So you're taking it out of the bag. So now you have less of a chance. If I put it on the board, it's less of a chance it comes out when it comes out for a dividend. So if I put too many black cubes on the board, I've got, I'm going to make a lot of money when a black cube comes out, but less chance of a black cube actually coming out. Oh, that's pretty because cool. Because I've gotten greedy and put them all over the board. Yeah. You could also, if you really wanted to be mean, you could start, you could see that someone else has a lot of black cubes in, on their, in their towns and start placing them out. Number one, you're also going to get money when the black cubes pay, but you're going to reduce the frequency of black payouts. So it's, oh, you, you're heavy on black cubes? Well, let's put these out on cities I don't really care about um, that, I, you know, that I'm, I'm reaching. So it's in that cube rails family, but I'm, I'm learning that there's a lot of variety in the cube rails games. And, man, they're quickly becoming one of my favorite series of games. That reminds me of a similar mechanic to The King is Dead where, we, where, yeah. we're, where you're investing in a stock, but as you invest in it, you kind of take that stock out of the game. Very much. Yeah. Very much like The King is Dead. So as you're investing in this stock, you have to be careful. You put too many out, you're not going to draw it from the bag. And then... You also have to be careful when you draw dividends. You draw three random cubes. So, for example, a couple times in our game last night, two pink cubes came out. Well, pink can only pay out once. So now you've lost one pink cube from either being on a city or paying out. And it's just it's you don't get a duplicate uh, payout. So now that kind of hurt all the pink towns out there. So it's it's a really cool little Sounds game. Really man. Nice. I mean, and it played in under an hour. I mean, I think our play was a little over an hour, but it, it should play – because I was trying to teach and make sure everyone understood everything. It's one It's one. One page front and back on the rules. Ooh. Super light. That's my kind of game. Yeah, yeah. I actually thought about you, Shuck, because the rules are super easy. And you, I know you like brief, concise rules. It's one page front and back with some nice, even that's including some nice big uh, pictures. Well, and, and especially, like you said, with uh, Chicago Express left a pretty bad taste in my mouth. Okay, I played that game right against you. So come on now. <laughs> I don't, I just, don't don't be that, that was is a game because I smear you. In that it. was one of those kind of games where you could tell about halfway through there's no way possible that you're going to come out ahead. And that it, might that, be true. Those kind of games bug me a little bit. And see, I don't so know. I want to try this one now. This one sounds really. I don't know playing this one if that has the same problem because I've only played the one. I time. think we should test it and let's and, do it. And yeah. Chuck and I should definitely. I should be there for that. Let's throw it out. Because when and do I it smear now. you at this one, then I want to hear you like oh, whine about it. We're talking <laughs> next <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely one I'm, I'm looking forward to playing some more. I mean, I, w- I want to get it to the table. In fact, it was interesting because my wife asked me this morning. She said, can you play that one two-player? And unfortunately, it's only three-player. So I said, hmm. we'll have to play it later. We said only else. three. Minimum three or only Minimum three? three. Okay. Minimum of three. What's that, It's max? like three to five, I think. Five? I, okay. Don't quote me. It might be three three to six. I'll have to look it up. Uh, but, yeah, definitely a good game. Um, and it plays – I mean, it should Sounds play in under an hour. Maybe an hour and 15 if if you're teaching and people are a little slow. And you got some uh, – uh, some uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um Brian's AP. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you have some AP in the game. So if you have some AP, uh, it may take about an hour and fifteen. But it's it's a good little game. I'm really really liking the Q Rail series. I'm looking. In fact, after I I played that game, I remember that um, uh, was it uh. <laughs> What was that one I we played, think. Gary? That that one where Northern Pacific. Yes, yes. See, Northern Pacific. Well, I may talk about that game a little later, but yeah. Oh, Northern, <laughs> Northern Pacific. Oh, um, we teased was, that out yeah, of the spoilers. Was, was, was very, very. Um, well, <laughs> hey, with that, with that, with, with that, yeah, with that, let's <laughs> let's head on into let's head on into our main topic tonight. When we kind of talked to Ned about uh, about getting on the podcast, we had talked to him about maybe some topic ideas, and uh, one we talked about was games that we'd play anytime, anywhere. And you had a couple good thoughts on this. I'll let you start off, Ned, being our guest. But well, thank you. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's let's kind of go, just go ahead and jump feet first into it, real quick. We define this as games that we're always eager to play. We're rarely, if ever, going to turn this game down. Well, right. We have, before we, while well, we're setting up the podcast, we're kind of chatting and, and talking about it too. And we had a couple different definitions and they're both valid about, you know, what we really, what do you really mean by this? 
And my definition is I've actually literally played my game. It's a big game. I mean, the game I will play anytime, anywhere. If I'm walking down the street and you see me like, Ned, do you want to play Power Grid? I'm like, hey, yes. Power Grid! I'm like, <laughs> As you're yes, walking down the street. Absolutely. I will Power have grid. no problem. I mean, we've played this. And it's if you've all played Power Grid before, it's an older game. Yeah, it's a cool game. It, it, cool. It's, it still has, um, you know, good... Oh yeah, to it. I mean, for for being such an old game, it seems like a modern game even. Oh yeah, like, it's it's excellent. And and what I like about it, I mean, it's a good hour and a half, two hour game. I mean, it's been midnight on Sunday night, and you have a work presentation in the morning, like Power yeah. Grid, and I'm like, done, set it yeah. up, no question, no thought about it. Yes, play it at a moment's notice. I'll play any number of players, any people, new, different. You know, it's it's great. I got into the hobby totally backwards. You know, most people kind of, you know, you start with like a Catan or a Ticket to Ride and you kind of slowly step up and into it and you've got people guiding you. I was traveling out to New York and I went to this uh, D20 board game store in Brooklyn. And I was like, hey, I've played a couple of board games. I'm interested in board games. I played Risk when I was younger. And they were like, we're going to play. Stratego once. Right? They're like, we're going to play Power Grid. And I'm like, Okay, I'll play Power Grid. What do I know about Power Grid? That was like one of the first so games. Is this the intro to your? This was one of my of your hobby first games that I've ever played was Power Grid, and then played that a few times with them. A six-player version of Power Grid, which most people would not define as casual, was That's one of my early games. Dad, I feel like I need to clear the air just so <laughs> you and I are okay. I like Power Grid, but I traded it, and then I kind of regretted it. Well, as you should, as you should. It. But just so you know, but, so I can clear the air. I bet can. you he still has a copy if you ever did. Yeah, that. yeah. He's I'll probably got. He's probably that. worn. I want to see your. I, I, I almost out. brought one with me. I've went through like three boxes already, and it's fun because you've got all the stuff with it. You can talk to people like, like a gamer. Like, what do you like about Power Grid? What don't you like? And I'm like, I got that map for you, yeah. and we'll, we'll break it out and play it. So that was my first one that I played, and then a couple times after, I actually played Chicago Express. Was one of the other games I played oh, with really? those guys. Yeah, I did not know that. You know, along in that same kind of group out there, I'm like, and then we played Brass, like way back when. I'm I like, play these brass. are not light early games, but those were. So, my so what is the hook for you in Power Grid? Oh yeah, it's a good point. So what I really love about the game is it's a little bit longer, which I like longer games, and it's not one where you're like, all right, I'm gonna do this. I can't just start the game and like this is my strategy. I'm gonna stick with it and go because you will lose. You've got to react to the power plants flipping up on the board. You've got to react to what the other players around you are doing. If I decide to go trash heavy and Gary gets a trash plant, I'm like, okay, are we going to try and go toe to toe here? Or do I need to, I need to shift and pivot and do something. And it has enough room and space and time to let you do that. But at the same time, it's extremely tight. Like one or two resources, one or two bucks is huge in that game, but it's got just enough to like, you have to react to the game state and the board. I played a game once with my buddy Herb that, and it was nice about that too, is it's got a great, for an older game, it's got a great catch-up mechanic of if you're doing poorly, you get some bonuses. That's right. Right? And that's... A, and if you're last, you get to go first. Yeah. Right? That, yeah. Which I would think I was last the entire time we played, and I was like, this isn't like a bad thing. Yeah. To, to kind of, it's almost like the uh, the Flem Rouge kind of thing. Like, you don't want to be in first until right. the very end, and then you want to like push at the very yeah, end. You want to be strategic about how yeah. far ahead you are on well, that scoreboard. Yeah, right, and so sometimes you're like, ooh, I'm going to try and hold back. Well, if you're playing with other good players, they'll hold back too. That's right. And then you might like, oops, I, I held back a little too far, oh, and now wow. I can't spring. I hadn't thought about playing with yeah. That's a dynamic I haven't thought about. Oh, yeah. Like you're playing with other power grid, you know, aficionados right? that that know like when to, oh. when to push and when to hold back. And it works because sometimes that breaks a game, right? You're like, oh wait, no, you just always hang back and then you spring over the end and you win. This one, like, you can, oh crap, I I I held back too much. And I played with my buddy Herb, and I've played literally over 50 games of this. Which is a lot for a big game like that. It is, especially considering that we play a lot of other yeah, games. Yeah, right, but it's well over 50 games of this. Wow. And Herb was two turns ahead of everybody else, which is really rare. And he got a bunch of trash plans. And what I liked about it is I actually was like, oh, man, he's going to clobber us. So I bought a garbage little plant, just a trash little one. I got it, bought, stole the resources from him, and he had to throw it away. It cost him two turns by me being able to take that one little move and it let us catch up and win. But nice. it's it's got move room and that was yeah. years ago but I still remember that moment in that game where you you saw something like oh if I don't do this I'm I'm out so I got to 
you, you got to shift and move and adjust, which is excellent. The way you describe the resources is perfect because uh, the resources are very tight. The, the last player has the first dibs on those. Right, right. Uh, la- the person who's lower in points has the first dibs on the resources. And so the, the, the commodities are a lot tighter. Right. You and I might buy the same commodity. And if you and I are competing for commodities, that's bad for both of us. That's You're going right. to get them cheaper. I might pay almost twice for that's them. That's right. And then these other guys are doing something totally different. And we're like, we're killing each other here. That's right. So we've got to adjust and move based off of that. Yeah, but then it's a game of chicken. There's a lot of ways that, yeah, there's a lot of ways to, to kind of, I guess, multifaceted ways to look at the game. And for, I think that was one of our uh, initial reactions is, wow, this is an older game. Like it was, it was a question mark for us. Like, how can this be yeah. so elegant and, and older? Shouldn't shouldn't this be like a derivative of something else? But the part about that game, and when we had talked about some topics too, and one of mine are different uh, mechanisms, mechanics in games that I like. One thing I hate in a game, well, there's a million exceptions, but generally it's like play eight rounds, add up your points, whoever wins, wins. I'm like, yeah. eh, I don't like that. What I love about Power Grid, especially, and this is why I will play it any time, you have to figure out when the game is going to end. There's Depending on the number of players, there's certain triggers of when the game is going to end. And if you play with people who know what they're doing on that, it's a matter of, oh, wow. If this goes three more rounds, Gary's going to crush me. He's got an engine that's just ramping, and it's going to take overtake me in a hurry here. So I better rush to end this game quickly. So Gary is trying to slow things down because his engine yeah. is building, and I've got to try and like race ahead. And you can do that in this game, and it's... I mean, Friedman Freeze is an excellent designer, but I, I still think this oh, is yeah. his best yeah, design. Is. And I think really like a leprechaun fell into the game when he was designing it because it's just perfect <laughs> timing and, and little bits of that where it's like, you know, so now Gary and I are playing a totally different game. Gary might be trying to slow things down and he's doing his bidding because I'm like, I know what you're doing. You're trying to slow things down and I'm trying to speed things up. And we're playing that and it has nothing to do with power plants anymore. And Shuck is like, I can split the difference between these guys. If, if I can get Gary to bid on this and Ned does this, I can slide in there and take the victory. What I love about even on a six-player game, everyone's in it until that very last turn. Like, you're never out of that game. Gary, we need to do this topic anytime we have a guest because I just realized this topic is the perfect topic. If you ever want to be, like, evangelized into believing <laughs> in a game, you talk to the person who says, I'll play this game anytime, well, anywhere. Yeah. What about you, Gary? No, what, no, what is the game that you would you would play at the drop of a hat? Well, You would never I, turn down. Okay, so I, I feel a little bit bad because I've mentioned this game before. But I'll, I would say the estates because, I know we've talked about it multiple times on the podcast, but number one, it, the, the rule set is pretty small. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple. It's really, it's got a lot of teeth. It's really brutal, but you don't know that going in necessarily. <laughs> Whenever I play with people, I have to warn them. I have to say, this is a game that is very mean. You will be mean. I think people, sharp elbows yeah. is the oh. usual term. Yeah, sharp elbows. It's got a, sh- a lot of sharp elbows. People are going to pick on you, and then you're going to pick on them right back. Like, if you, you kind of destroy the game for other people if you don't. Right. You know, like, I'm going to be mean to you, and I expect you to be mean back to me. And and so for me, that's just a game that I, I have to say I enjoy very much because I've played with people who aren't really gamers. I played with people who are gamers, and they, you know, every time I've gotten this game out, I've had fun with people. Now, some people, you know, I think if you're easily offended because someone cuts you off, oh. don't play this game, okay? But here's the thing: if if someone cuts you off, you go, okay, you bid that way. I'm, well, I'm going to bid this way. Well, I think one of the, the, the biggest hooks for me, and Brian mentioned this this term earlier, but uh, when he's talking about, uh, um, he mentioned the estates, is a closed economy. Yes. So each player gets dealt $15 million. There's $15 million for each player. So if there's four players, there's $60 million in the game. One of the actions you can do on your turn, I'm sorry, is it? $12 million, I think. Is, I'm sorry, it's $12 million. I apologize. It's $12 million. So one of the actions you can do on your turn is take one of your checks worth $1,000 and put it under the board. I love doing this when people don't notice that I'm doing it. Later on, Such they're like, a jerk move. They're like, Gary, you've got eight million underneath the board. Well, yes, yes, I do. And that's out of circulation now. It makes it slimmer. It's a slimmer. So we economy. had 40, 48 million starting the game, right? And then now we've got 40 because I've I put eight under the board. Shucks put two under the board. Now we've got 38. You know, you know, and so at some point you, you start realizing all the money that's ever gonna be in the game is in the game. 
and if I see that Ned's got a lot of money, and there's been multiple times where I've I played the game where I had zero dollars at one point, and then I ended up with the whole stack because just careful bidding. Sometimes you take that piece and you say, I know Brian really wants this, so I'm gonna pick that piece to auction off. And I'm auctioning off at a price that is just so good that Brian's gonna, you know, <laughs> Brian's gonna have to bid on it. But then Ned comes along and, and says, "I don't want Brian to have it. I'm right. gonna steal it." Well, then I don't care. All I want is the, I want my seven million dollars or seven thousand dollars or whatever it is. You know, I think it's million dollar Millions, checks. Yeah, yeah. I want my seven million dollars as long as someone gives it to me. I don't care because now I've got money. I had zero and now I have a lot. The way in which you bid, it's it's basically manipulating other people. It's, it's very much of a poker kind of game. It is excellent. It, I look that, at it is it is brutal, and I love it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, it's brutal, but in the best way because some games are brutal and people hate it and they, they feel bad. This game, everyone comes out of it laughing. My brother-in-law won one time, and we, we were like, I can't believe – I didn't even see it coming. I didn't even see it happening. And he was slowly, like, kind of blocking all of us off, and then he got the permits and, and made, a, made it to where it was impossible – for any of the rest of us to win, we had a block that wasn't finished. We all took massive losses, and I think you won with like five thousand dollars. We were all in the negative, right? Well, and that's the best part. That eight million you squirreled away out of the economy—that's guaranteed eight points, which can easily win this yeah. game. This is hands down. Nothing's even close. This is the meanest game I own. Yeah. And if you don't like mean games, we'll play something different because this is mean, and not just in the mean like, oh, I I, I screwed Shuck over on that game. It's like. Oh, I screwed you over, and now we're partners, buddy. Shuck is going to do exactly what, what with it what I would have done, so I'm going to let him pay the money. I'm not going to pay the money. And Gary's like, oh, dang, Ned's going to. So it's 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 got so many layers to it. It's, it's like it. an onion. You just peel oh. back the I'll layers. This, I'll back. tell you this. I've almost bought the game so many times. Like more. Oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times I looked at this game based based on our subpar two player game. Yeah, that, that was knew, just a learning game. It was a learning oh. game, and it was like, hey, we. It was brand new to you. We're like, we got to get this game out. We got to experience it. And I never got to do it again because something else has always come up. But I've, I know what it could be. Yeah. Right. Would really the love potential it. of it Shirk has always been like, I want this without, without, it. without saying I would play anytime, anywhere, kind of as you are. Man, that, I'm very tempted. Yeah. No, it's, it's, a I great was hoping one. that would come up at our last getaway. Yeah. I was like, you brought it and it kind of got overlooked. And I was yeah, like, almost, in my, in my heart of hearts, I was like, oh, Man, at the I end hope, of the night, we almost I played it. I hope everybody votes on this yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, we almost played it at the end. Of, at the end of the night, and then uh, we ended up. I mean, I think I had the game out. It got I was edged getting components out. out. It got edged out. And yeah. we're like, no, no, we, we ran out of time. Yeah. Um, no, no. So it's, yeah. But so, anyways, for me, that game always. Um, I've had so many good experiences with it. Uh, man, I, I, I can't really say yeah. uh, enough about the game. It's and excellent. It's mean though. It kind it, of got me mean. interested in auctions again because I'd played like a choir. I liked. I think there's a little bit of an auction in a choir. And then I play this game, and now I cannot stop um, acquiring auction games. You guys need the, the, the snare hat thing. What's that called? <laughs> the, 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 uh, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I am um, curious about Shucks, though, because uh, I couldn't yeah. guess yours. So, I'm not uh, guessing this uh, one. Estates is a game, again, I want to play. Uh, but th this one was so easy for me, and it, it's... it's I but know I couldn't figure it out. I know we've talked about it so many times. What is it? Um, and it's it is my most tricked out game. If Lord Lords of Waterdeep, Water oh, Lords, Lords of Waterdeep, Water I'm Deep. telling you, ah. if Lords of Waterdeep shows up and I'm playing it, I'm playing it. I love that game. It took I, you I so long love to get that to game. the expansion. I know, like, I know, but I've played the base game so many times. Like I'm, I may have only played the expansion very little, but it just makes it even more that I want to play. Like it's, really? it's. I love Man. that game. I want to play Man, it. All I, I kind of time. feel bad for you now because I know your history with that game and how like <laughs> much you've coveted. Like you've owned the whole thing and you've tricked it out more than it, probably anything else. I, in your I have uh, like yeah, it, it probably there's he's got very the Etsy, little Ned, he's game. got the Etsy houses. <laughs> so instead of those little tokens you put on your buildings, he's got a little house like three D printed where you can Dang. like imagine yourself walking well, into the building. There's there's very well, little of guys, the original components left in that game. I have a confession to make, <laughs> and I'm risking like having my gamer card yanked from me. <laughs> you might kick you off the podcast I, I, right I, now. And, and, and you I would, say what be, I think you're gonna say? You would be justified. You'd be totally justified. No way. I've actually never played this game. Guys. No, that's okay. No, that's okay. we we love everyone. We don't judge here. This is a judge free zone. Uh, so Ned, but, but now thank Shuck, you for coming you, on the podcast one time. Ned. That's right. <laughs> but we so, know now, Shuck, how, what, you know, what we should have played instead of Deus is, is well. No, okay, no, okay, okay, okay. So I did, good. I did mention earlier that Deus is one that I would. I, I, 
I specifically didn't list Deus because it is my number one. It's kind of an obvious. I will play that obviously. But Lords of Waterdeep. If somebody said, if somebody said, uh, I want to play Lords of Waterdeep. Yes. You're saying we'll carve out the time. We will sell our. I'll play it with you. Okay. But will you like run somebody down on the street and say, Hey, buddy, you know, I got a thing for you here. You know, come, come that, talk to with me. To me, it's it's like the best intro game. That's how I introduced Gary. That's one of my exactly. first. That's like, true. So I you talk about, about you talk about like um, that was your uh, Genesis, Gary. So Power Grid oh. was kind of one of your first. Right. And, and right. Lords, I mean, Carcassonne was really my first. But but Lords of Waterdeep, Lords of Waterdeep was one of my first. And it, there's something about that like first game that brings you into the hobby. Like I just want to play it. Like I and every time I play it, I feel like I love it even more <laughs> than I did before. Like I just want to keep. And it's such a simple, it's like, it's not comp. I mean, for somebody in the hobby, like it is, it's kind of lower tier on, on the realm of everything, but it just has things that I like. I love so set collection. Good. I love, do you hear his enthusiasm? That's what I'm saying. Like, this topic is so amazing. great. Oh, because like, like he's like the perfect salesman for Lord's I want to tell you right now, while he's talking, I hear the phone call <laughs> and said, Hey Gary, because like our daughters knew each other from school. They're really close friends. And I hear him say, Hey, Gary, I'm getting together with a few other guys. Would you like to play this this game with me? And I was like, that sounds kind of nerdy, but, you know, like, I'll go ahead. <laughs> and then, like, I played the game with him, and I was like, what have you introduced me to? What, have like, you what done? has happened? I know. No, but seriously, like, I wasn't a guy on the street, but he, he called me up and was like, hey, I need another player for this game. And that's how much he loves this game, and rightly so. That's awesome. Yeah. I, so, I really want to give it a try because I've, you know, yeah, you guys, it was your genesis of this, you know? I mean, yeah, the whole the Dungeon Dragon. We we're joking earlier, but I mean, it, you can just throw that away. I mean, it, the the theme really doesn't matter. It's it's cubes pushing whatever. But oh man, it like I, like I was saying, I, I I love set collection. Most of my favorite games tend to have set collection. Uh, worker placement is almost always one of my favorite mechanisms. Check, yep. Check, yep. Um, it doesn't really have engine building. I do like engine building. It it's got a little take that in there, just enough that it can be really fun to just screw someone over. I'll say for so you, often. Chuck. I believe this is this is a pick from nostalgia. Um, maybe I, I, I'm just imagining like for you, Ned, if we said, let's play Lords of Waterdeep, you would look at it and go, yeah, this is a great game. And I think you would see the value of, of where it rests in the hobby. Okay. But I think that coming off of Viticulture, coming off of other worker placement games, you would say, nah, you know, it, I mean, it is, it is bare bones. The the way I see it is worker placement. I guess it's a, it's a way for me to be able to play without the expansion. I'm talking like pure, just sure. Lords prime. And, and I like just. The base game is fine. Um, the the other one, I mean, the expansion makes it so much better. But I think the thing I like about the game is that I, I can play it with family. It's not too complicated. Uh, no, it's I a can, great gateway. I can game. get, I can get, go to a, like a, a a big gaming, not necessarily a convention, but just like where a lot of people are, and there can be some newer gamers that I can play this game with. And and even though I've played it a lot, it, it's not necessarily that I have some sort of huge advantage You're not over nec- them necessarily like crushing they, them on. they're yeah. they're still going to do well and and I like which is and cool. you will like still that. have fun as a gamer like yes. I, it's not not fun it's right. still fun as a gamer and so I don't want to be be heard as the person that's like against it I love it and I and I will never call it and this is one that that hits in my household more frequently than not um so yeah I love lords but I, but but like thinking about <laughs> thinking about introducing it to Ned would be like Hey, let's uh, let's take a let's take a trip down my it, it would, my memory lane. It would know? be more of a nostalgia thing. I think the reason and one of the reasons well, it's like why reading your history books, right? It's, it's like learning the you see some of the bases of it. Going back fantastic. to you know kind of a gateway game. I, I, one of the reasons we started the pub um, originally was to to play with you know new people to. <laughs> Do you want to you want to tell yeah. them about our plan of going to coffee shops? Yeah, we we did we did we we had this we had this fantasy, this idea that we we're gonna go to coffee shops and just whip out a game and be like, hey, you want to play? Okay, come over here. We were gonna play. like <laughs> Chuck and I were gonna like totally go up to like go to Starbucks to survive like under our armpit and be like, I think I think we even practiced it. It was like, hey, we like board games and we want to know. Right now, like total strangers, two two other strangers, some couple sitting there having a having a moment, and Chuck and I are gonna walk up <laughs> with survive and go, hey, uh, we like board games. Would y'all want to play a board game with us <laughs> and see what just happens? Because like after five questions, somebody's eventually gonna say, uh, okay. So, so where I was going with that was, I mean, the people that you're probably gonna be seeing play this game more often than not are, are probably newer gamers. If if they know it, maybe getting old enough now, maybe they don't know about it. 
but you usually will see newer gamers into the hobby or people that aren't necessarily into the really, really heavy games. And I, I tend to like some of the medium to lighter games, typically. I like a heavy game, but not always. And, and so I can go... You know, if they're like, we need an extra player, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to get to meet some new people, play a game that I love, and I'm perfectly okay with that. With the expansion, we're up to yeah. six players, by the way. Well, so five players in the base game, six players with the expansion. Well, I was going to so. ask about the expansion. So does that add enough meat to, oh, like, yeah, to a yeah. gamer? Oh, yeah, the expansion's that, like, fantastic. To, to so the, so the when, I, when I first picked more. up the game, the question was, do I get this or do I get Yato? Which at, the, at that time when I picked up Lords of Waterdeep, Yato was really the only competition in a worker placement game okay. that was going out around the time. And Yato is a superior game compared to the base game of Lords of Waterdeep. But when you added the expansion to Lords of Waterdeep, it felt like that kicked it above Yato. And not only that, but now you have the option, right? So okay. when you think about, as, as, as we often think about, as we're the ones kind of bringing this hobby to people, now I have the base game for this this audience and now I have the expansion when I want to play with gamers. Right. Yeah. You figure out like what's, so what does the expansion do? So the expansion is actually two modules and the expansion is scoundrels of Skullport and the Skullport module. Yeah. That sorry. Ned just kind of gave us a, uh, a nod to the triple, the new belt. Sorry. This one's, this one's better than the, uh, it is better than the real L. I used to, I was a proponent of the real L. The real L is better on tap or real L is really good on tap. Uh, tap house everything's better than tap yeah. yeah there's a lot behind that too we can talk about that <laughs> by the way date. in case you don't know ned is not only a brewer but he's also a chemist yeah uh, he is the epitome of nerds nerd and we love him for it because i think i've learned like more about brewing and beer but anyway going back to lords of Waterdeep and and how fantastic new belgian triple is you have scoundrels of skullport you have two modules in that, and one is called Under the Mountain. It's what I usually introduce first if we if we really want to do Just the more, whole progression of it's games. It's more the same though. It's more the same, and it's like it's like insane points. It's like it it's makes just, it a swingier game. But the game that so for our friend Jeff, whenever he came over and played Lords of Waterdeep for the first time, I said, you know, you don't need the base game. We can go straight into the expansion. It adds the the whole uh, negative point system where you take corruption. If you still have corruption at the end of the game, it's negative points. So if you were so bringing, you're it to hoping me. to, you're hoping, yeah, you, we would play, we would go straight with, with me. Into, you would say, all right, we're going to play this. And and it and what it does is like you take those negative points during game, hoping to kind of get rid of them in game. So the the whole idea That's behind cool. corruption like is that. that that you can get more things by taking a little corruption. It's kind of like taking a little loan. Okay. It's like you're taking all these little bitty loans, yeah. and you you want to get rid of them. There are ways to get rid of them. Okay. There's ways to like swap them off. But if you get stuck with them at the end of the game, <laughs> you're you're screwed. Oh, and, like and it gives us a little bit more wanna, of a game. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm, I'm excited. The, so the it, gives, it gives but more of like a, a real tension to the game as opposed to before it was just a very kind of basic... Okay. And there's, worker, and there's two ways to get rid of them. You can, you can get rid of them in the way that you put that corruption back into circulation so it makes all of our corruption a little oh, less corrupt. Okay. But you can also take that corruption and then later get rid of it where the where it takes it completely out of the game and it doesn't make things less corrupt for everyone else. And so that's the better way to get rid of it because it's screwing everyone else over. It, it's enough spice I mean, to add, where you'll to, enjoy it. To add one extra layer to this, we, we've talked internally before, maybe even having a, a podcast about like a if, if you were to have a fire, what's the game that you would grab out of your closet? Yeah. That's Lord oh. of the Waterdeep. Hmm. It's yeah. not even my favorite game, and that would be the one that I would grab. I've already come up with a system where I cut the whole wall out of my, my house and just kick my game shelf out of the building. I, I you guys don't have the CO2 fire suppression built into your house? Is this, is this not a thing? <laughs> I want to digress or disagree with you a little bit, just Brian. I know you could say, okay, Lords of Waterdeep, it's kind of like vanilla worker placement game. I don't see if there's anything wrong with that. And I know you like the game a lot. I still think I love some heavy games, but you put me in a game of Lords of Waterdeep, especially if it's a group of a group I actually enjoy, even if we played the base game, I still think the base game is really good for what it is. It plays relatively quickly, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's not that about long. An, a game. About an hour. I'll concede. Yeah. I'll concede. I mean, that. It is. It does have a time limit. It does have a certain number of rounds. It's eight rounds, I believe. Eight rounds, I believe. I, yeah, eight rounds. I think. I um, think so. But man, it's for what it does. It here's the thing. It does what it does very well. Yes, it's a little vanilla, 
but it does it so well. It's like you're gonna do this one thing and you're gonna do it, you know, as well as you can. It's still so good. Yeah, you throw that expansion in, I'll play any day. I'm I'm with Shuck. Last time you guys played it, the the proper Brian and just Brian and Shuck played it. I missed it. I had something come up last minute. They played Lords of Waterdeep and drank one of my favorite beers, and I still can't get over the fact that I missed this <laughs> night. It's like one of my biggest regrets from the past couple of years. Oh bad, I forgot about this night. I missed <laughs> I missed this night. You and blocked no, that. I was like, I was, I just, I just, it wasn't I was that big a deal to me. I was super excited because here's the thing: that game has a special place in my heart because it's a game Shuck invited me, that brought me into the hobby. So I guess maybe I'm with Shuck on this. That like this is a close second or third for me that. I, I would play this game anytime. And then they had an amazing beer. They had a uh, they had three philosophers. Oh, uh, and, oh yeah. And they played this. Oh. They played this game. Don't, don't and I was like, this. They, they were like sending me messages. Yeah, we played three, three philosophers, philosophers and played Lords of Waterdeep. And I was like, <laughs> you, you did what now? Like, I mean, I was happy for them, but I was like, at the same time, yes, it was like a that was in my eye. that was my first introduction yeah. to three philosophers. That uh, that oh, beer man. can knock you on your butt pretty easily. So yeah. I'll Church concede to that. I'll concede. I was wrong. Game. You're right. Well, no, 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 no. Okay. We need to get a sound clip of this. And we can just replay it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Put that on the keyboard. Though. It's going to be right. Shuck's ringtone now. I'm wrong. You're right. I'm wrong. You're right. So, so just, Brian, what, what would be your your uh, game here? Yeah. Yeah, I think, any, uh, ten, any day, any time. Any day, any time. If I got to think of a game, if somebody said, look, if you'll play Concordia with me, I will stop what oh. I'm doing to play Concordia. Oh, Yes. Concordia is oh, my game. Yes, Concordia is my jam. Yeah, so oh, and, and I thought about this and I thought I was thinking about kind of the particulars of the topic. And I thought, you know what? There's never a day I will I will turn down Concordia. If I'm at a convention and I have all these things pulling at me and there's an open spot at a Concordia game, no matter what the size, two player to to whatever the limit is now, I think six, six now. Six yeah. now with the with Venus expansion. Yeah. Well, it's a Venus expansion. It's the, it's a team game, so mostly it's two to five. I would I would stop everything I'm doing. I would take all the time away from the convention and meeting all the convention people that I want to meet, like Paul Grogan, and hang out with Tox and say I'll play this game with you because it's that important that you get to experience this game. The metrics, the in game metrics in that game mean nothing. The experience of the game is everything, and so for me. What you do during that game becomes the fun of the game. And at the end of the game, when you're like figuring out who won, it's like, oh, that's cool. That's great. It doesn't really matter. Like, we had so much fun playing the game. But what I love on that game, though, are those end game scoring conditions in that I hate it when the games are like, wait, Gary's got two more points than me. Can I min-max my way to three more points or something? That one, you've got to have a, a gut feel of like, think brian's doing good well it's a total I gut feel because there's really got, no yeah, idea it's almost obscured. like Davis kind of idea yeah. it's, it's obscured scoring just enough you got enough you you know you got a lot of houses out there you yeah. kind of got an idea that he's scoring pretty high but you just don't know i would be okay losing that game if i did a really awesome turn where i built four houses at a time and got eight goods in some ridiculous cool combo that took me six turns to build <laughs> but when you pull it off, you're like, okay, I don't care what happens now. I just did the cool four building move. I don't know, man. It's, it might be the best trading the Mediterranean game I've ever played. Even I mean, if you're not in the Mediterranean, yeah. if you're <laughs> yeah. on the Isle of Brit, it's the yeah. best trading in the yeah, Mediterranean game. It ever. is. They do that well. It's it's a really really good game. The card play is so fun and so unique. You know, our friend Way is not a huge Euro fan. He loves Concordia. Yeah. Loves Concordia. So well, that's I mean, the thing. I think it speaks to so many people. Yeah. It does. It, it, scratches, it's almost, it, it scratches a lot of itches. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a kind of a crossroads for a lot yeah. of gamers. And, it, and it's in that Euro realm. So, so if you have someone, if you love Euros and you have someone who just doesn't, this might be kind of the game for them. But it, there's it so much going on. There's so some deck building and there's just, you can approach that so many different ways and be competitive. And do well with it. And, you know, of the four games we talked about, you know, the Estates, Concordia, Power Grid, and Lords of Waterdeep. And like I said, I haven't played Lords of Waterdeep. But this this hits a lot of those same things that we were talking about. Yeah. It's just got that, man, I, I will play Concordia also anytime, anywhere. Because it's, I don't know what game I'm going to get. Each time I play it, it's a different game to me. You know, it's yeah. not like I'm going to do the same four things and win or lose. And right when you 
even if I lose that, I'm like, yeah, but I pulled off this cool combo and I gave it a shot. I really gave it my best and well, I came up short, but it still feels good, right? So mechanically, the way this game works is you have a deck of cards and if you're familiar with games where you like Mission Red Planet, where you play your cards out and there's a card that brings your cards back in like a deck builder, but that, that, that card you play that brings your deck back in so you can play whatever card you want out of your hand again is maybe a little less beneficial to play. That's kind of the main mechanic. You play a card, you do whatever the card says. And that's right. another reason why it's so easy to play, teach. Play a card, do a thing. Yeah, yeah. you play a card, you do a thing, and, and the, all the instructions are on the card. And I think Shut Up and Sit Down even said that's why it's so easy to teach because, right. because most of it is printed on the card. You just do whatever it says with a couple of caveats. Ultimately... You want to play. You want to play as most efficient as you can. So you want to run your deck as low as possible before you play that one. Not card always. That says, not always. Not always. Like, which but is great. Ideally, yeah. that's ideally. The, that's the yeah. idea until until you come up with that situation you, where you're like, ah, until you realize, no, maybe thing. not. Right. Yeah. Until you yeah. read the board state and you're like, ooh, ooh, sure, sure, something juicy just came up. These I had my next four turns planned. I got to jump That's ship true. because you gotta shift something, and do things. something awesome just happened. That's what happened. this game does. Right. So game. at the end of the game, <laughs> every card you've ever had or bought in the game, because you buy cards and you add them to your deck build, uh, score you points in different ways. And so I see Ned pick up the kind of card that gives him a, a particular action that's really good for his in-game, or for his during-game play. Right. But it also gives him... A different way to score at the end of the game, and there's usually like six, six or seven. Yeah, I think it might six be different for ways how to many, score how points. How many regions I'm in? How many of my people have That's out right. there? How many of one good I have or the other? There's a bunch of different ones, and so if I really like doing this mechanic, or I'm hey, I'm going to try and spread around the globe. I'm going to get this card, but everyone knows I'm getting that card, and it's going to score me well at the end of the game. So you're you're kind of you get to choose your end game scoring as you're going. That's right. With, That's right. And everyone gets to watch you do it and they kind of it's kind of obscure because they see you do it but they're not gonna remember yeah everything. But they get an idea you get a feel but you get a, a really feel. feel for it so Ned's gonna score a little differently than I will if you know you're picking up a lot of cards that are gonna score at the end of the game that give you workers on the board then you want to kind of be efficient in putting workers on the board if you get cards that kind of spread you out in different regions you want to be efficient in spreading out in regions right or if it's you get cards that produce different types of goods. You want to get good at di- producing different types of goods. But here's the thing. Nothing I do in that game feels like a bad decision. Yeah, yeah. I do a thing, and I'm like, it's still good. Like, it just feels good doing everything. And I, I think that's why I like the game so much, because I just feel good. Well, and part it of it, though, happy is, yeah. <laughs> I feel good. It's like we can kind of partner up in this region. Like, you and I are the only ones in this region. And so we want to keep triggering that region as much as we can. We're helping each other, but these other guys are kind of falling behind when we do that. So it feels good to kind of, you're always helping each other and, and working together. It's a really happy game. It is. It <laughs> is. I'm really happy yeah. playing it. Yeah. I will say this. I play it, I play it a little differently. So <laughs> about halfway through the game, two-thirds of the way through the game, I look at, uh, do I have a lot of colonists? Well, then I want to buy all the cards that have the colon, that score for colonists. Because I look at it and I go, okay, that's, that card is going to score me 10 points. I want four of them, you know. So, so, like, how many how many cards are going to score for colonists? There's three up on the board right now. I want to own all of them because then I will score the most for colonists. The way you start about halfway or say three quarters of the way through the game, two thirds of the way through the game, you start realizing this game is going to end sooner than I want it to because it is. You can't control. Like it's again, it's one of those games where yep you could see like I could see Shuck is about to buy the last card. I'm like. Don't you do it, Shuck. Don't <laughs> do you. It. Yeah, yeah, and he'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Shuck will come on and go, yeah, I don't care. Win or lose, I'm going to buy the card because I want to do it because I know you don't want me to. So yeah, there, But you can that, watch that deck to... shrinking as you're going. You're like, oh, God, Shuck well, is going to screw me here. I better I better go. What, what also happens is you realize I was greedy earlier and bought all these cards, and they don't all benefit me. <laughs> they benefited me in the middle of the game, but they didn't benefit me end game. So I think... Like you said, but everything Ryan, benefits you Ryan, a little bit. Everything benefits you a little bit, but so as you buy cards, you're like, well, because every I want the card action is to benefit me now for that type of score. The, yeah, as I, you build your deck, you're like, okay, I need either need to main either buy your deck based on what you're doing, 
or change what you're doing based on what you buy. I think I think that's where I struggled the most because I, I was too busy trying to build some sort of engine, was not thinking about end game. Because here's yeah. the thing about this game is that that was I don't a, that was what you do. Anything yeah. you ever do in this game is like a negative action. Something is always progressing you to more points. So in this game, it's not so much that you do a thing that gets you less points. It's that you just if you're if you're screwing up, it's you're just being less efficient. It's right. that it's that you do a thing that's not multiplying your points faster than other people are multiplying their points. Well, and that's what's fun about it is you're like, oh, I think I did good, but you almost always feel like, well, I could have done something better. Yeah, like, but it's not like a negative you, thing. You never it's, do bad. It, it yeah. never feels like it's slapping me in the face. Right. It just feels like, oh, that was good. That was good. Oh, that was better, but that was good, and that was good. The whole the, the game strokes you the whole time, and it feels good, so uh, it's a feel-good game. I want to feel good. I like good feel good. It games. is, but what I love about it, too, is it doesn't necessarily reward AP. How many times have we played with Way, who loves paying attention? He's like, I got this. I'm going to maximize this and do this, and that's my game. And he doesn't win that often. Yeah, doing it that way, like because it's still that's probably my problem. Yeah, you still you can't just go in and you have purely, to react. Yeah, you've you've got to be fluid. And yeah, this is why Jeff usually beats me. Sometimes you you go, hey, Ned Ned wants Ned wants cards that pay out for this. I will buy these cards. <laughs> I will buy cards. Ned wants cards that pay out for colonists. Right. I have no colonists, but right. I will buy cards that pay out for colonists. Yep, because, yep. Because now now I'm, I'm like, well, if I have four of them, I'll start putting out colonists. So yeah, it, it's a game in which you react. There's a little bit of. Um, Yin and yang, kind of like uh, yeah. push and pull. Like sometimes you might want to snap a card, right? Even if it's not okay. beneficial for you, it's like, well, I'm withholding from Ned. Ned's right. going to score four. It's going to—he's going to get way too many points if yeah. he gets this because it, it starts. It's better for me growing. to get four points for something so, than Ned to get twelve points. Uh, sometimes, for sometimes yeah. buying those last few cards, even if you're not like solid in it. Not only does it keep somebody else from the cards, but it's also giving you some kind of points. Right, you get some points, it, and you might want to rush that game a little shorter because it, it it's going to help you. Be, it tends to be. Now, here's the thing. Like, like everybody else gets a turn when you get that Concordia card, so they still get that that last round to kind of make up the difference. And so, it is another one of those games. Are in the game now or not? But it's 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 less. I don't know. It's less. I'm less apprehensive to do it in Concordia than I am in like Deus. You know, where I'm like. Uh, I get yeah. I get to end this game sooner, and so it gives you a little bit of both, but it's a little bit more forgiving. Yeah, but just Brian, you're right on that though. It's uh, you never are like, oh, I don't have anything good. I can't do anything good this turn. I got oh, nothing yeah, to do. Yeah. You're like, I've got a million awesome There's options. A, something good you can do yeah. every turn. Yeah. yeah, that's why I think I like it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good pick. It's a good pick for, for a game for you can kind of throw down anytime. Thanks for listening to the Pub Meeple podcast. You can check us out on Instagram, Twitter, or YouTube at Pub Meeple, or our website, www.pubmeeple.com. Until next time, support your local breweries and make sure to check out Under the Radar in Abilene and Houston, Texas.